Hi, I'm Karis, and this is my podcast, Health Bricks. Health Bricks is about learning and hearing those gold nuggets from inspiring people and what health bricks or those immovable rocks in their life that have helped create wellness. Health Bricks, I know, is going to inspire, empower, and give you practical tools and tips to build excellent health from people who have traveled the journey. In this episode, I talked to Naomi Fetter. Naomi is a South Aussie mum, chiropractor and athlete who recently participated in the Berlin Marathon as part of the first in real life Zwift run team. Naomi was still in hotel quarantine when we talked. In this podcast, she shares her journey around moving into sports, the challenges and adventures that come with it. If you enjoy running or endurance sports generally, you will love this podcast with Naomi, where she shares some of the mental and physical challenges associated with running a marathon. Hello, Naomi. Oh, hi, Chris. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Thanks for joining me from sunny Perth. Yeah, from sunny Perth, from what I can see out my window, <laughs> looks like a lovely day. So you were just showing me out your window on your laptop. So yes. why um you're in hotel quarantine? Yeah, so the way the rules are at the moment, it, um, when you come in from overseas, wherever you land, you have to quarantine. So for me, I've got a flight from Hong Kong to Perth. So that's why I'm here in Perth hotel quarantine. And no fresh air. No. So apparently uh, most of the Perth hotels are non, you can't open the window, um, so you can't actually get any fresh air, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, yes, so it's uh, recycled air-conditioned air for two weeks. Did you know before you came back where, like, did you have control over where you flew into? Uh, well, see, I had to choose, um, I wanted to choose, because uh, at the moment, because I'm a South Australian resident, if I fly into Victoria or New South Wales, then I risk myself doing a further two weeks quarantine. So I said from the get-go that I had to land either Perth um, or Brisbane. Um, Adelaide wasn't an option at the time, there weren't any flights. So I was lucky enough to get into Perth. So oh, wow. yeah. At the moment, it's looking okay. So when I get back to South Australia, I should be able to go straight back in and, yeah, be free. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So um, let's just start from the beginning and then we'll we'll establish why you're actually in hotel quarantine. Um, so tell us about who Naomi is. Yeah, so I'm Naomi. I'm a 38-year-old mum from... Narracourt in South Australia, which is a small town a couple of hours out of Adelaide down in the southeast. Um, I've got two young children, or the twins, uh, and they're eight years old, uh, yet Grace and Matilda. Uh, yeah, so I'm a working mum, I'm a chiropractor, I work full time, um, and my hobbies are running and cycling and triathlon. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so, um... You've just come back from overseas. Yeah. What what took you over there? 
So at the start of the year, I was selected to be part of the Zwift Academy Run team, um, which is a program that they ran late last year. Um, the Academy Run program was a, I think it was an eight-week program, um, which involved with a series of uh, workouts and runs on Zwift, which is an online training platform. Um, and at the completion of that academy, uh, yeah, as we've got in touch and said they'd like to hear more about me and what I do and, yeah, sort of just spiralled from there. And, yeah, then I got accepted on the team. So that was, uh, yeah, quite exciting um, at the time. Of course, a lot of uncertainty with COVID and things and, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty right through, really, even until I got on the plane to come to Australia. So, um to come back home so it's certainly been quite a journey yeah absolutely did so you've done um what sort of uh events endurance activities have you done prior to all this you know so it's interesting um you ask that because I sort of really only got into running after I had the twins um, oh, right. yeah I mean previously I probably did a, you know a few little jogs and things but I never did anything event wise or I never really entered anything um, yeah, so it was sort of having them and, you know, trying to get back some fitness and regaining um, my body a little bit. Uh, I got into running, um, so I started with, you know, 5Ks, park runs, and then upgraded to the city to bay and, and then from there, half marathon. And then from there, I went to uh, the New York marathon. I was lucky enough to get a ballot entry for that, which is very lucky. Yeah, and uh, Yeah, I was very lucky to get that too. And um, yeah, so, and then I started getting into ultra running, which is a lot of trail running, which I just, yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. And then I've doubled a bit in triathlon. So I've done a half Ironman. Um, yeah, so, uh, and of course I cycle as well. I do some some club racing and some state racing as well. I, I love it. It's fantastic. So have, I do all three. Have you done any of the cycling before your twins were born? No, oh, no, not at all. Yeah, and so I got into yeah, nothing really. No, <laughs> I think we all rode a boat bike as kids, you know, and when yeah, we were sure. young and tearing around the streets with our friends and our siblings. Did you ever um, think you were particularly athletic? No, definitely not. No, look, I did okay at cross country at school, um, which is probably more of the endurance type thing. But in terms of athletics at sports day, I certainly wasn't. <laughs> at the upper level there um more of a participant I would say yeah so I got into cycling after well, as a recovery for running so you know after running ultras and big distances it's you know it takes a lot on your body so you know I borrowed a friend's bike and started doing a bit of cycling and yeah then a friend said why don't you try a road bike and then it just sort of spiraled from there so and I really love that too so <laughs> it's uh yeah it's a love in in cycling and running and tries and so you said you'd been you'd done some national racing yeah oh yeah so in Adelaide yeah yeah, yeah. so I've got a local club uh, Mount Gambier I do a bit of riding for them uh, and at the moment I'm part of a team that's doing the, the super series yeah in Nord in Adelaide although I haven't raced it yet because I've been in overseas uh, but I'll jump back into that when I get back yeah is Norwood, is that on the train line, a tram line going to? Um, so it's just outside of the city. So Norwood's only about four kilometres from Adelaide City. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, there aren't really any trams or any trains in the sort of city area. There's certainly trains that go to Glenelg and yeah. um, up north to Port Adelaide, but yeah, not to, no, not to Norwood, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. And, and so um, just tell us, tell us how you got into Zwift, like what, what is Zwift for people that don't know and, and um, how have you used that with your training and recovery, etc. So I first sort of uh, found out about Zwift was through a friend of mine um, who was a cyclist. Um, you know, he sort of said, oh, you know, I've been, you know, using Zwift, you should try it, it'd be great for you, you know, it's something you can do at home and uh, something you can do, you know, set up quite easily. Um, you know, it's an online training platform, so, you know, you have your bike, um, you have a trainer, which is what your bike attaches to, uh, and then you log in on a computer and it just sets workouts or rides for you. Um, and I thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. It sounds, you know, because I've got young children and I'm working, sort of, you know, going out for an hour or two leisurely ride when you've got family commitments is sometimes quite challenging. Uh, so, yeah, I jumped on with a free trial um, and really it's just sort of spiralled from there. So it's something that, you know, working mum, I can just easily fit into my day. Um, you know, if the kids are there or they're, you know, it's just a, a really quite an easy thing to access for, for me as a, a working mum. So it's really worked well. So I'm really, really pleased about that. Um, and certainly, look, it has improved my, my running and my cycling. You know, it's, it's, it's always there. So if I don't get a run in the morning, I can do it in my lunch break or, you know, a quick one after work. Um, you know, and it's just really quite easy, um, you know. I don't have to worry about traffic or the weather. <laughs> There's <Yeah>. no excuses. <laughs> well, imagine, yeah. imagine for those of us living in the delightful Melbourne at the moment, the weather's yeah. a massive issue. Yes. And, of course, lockdown too. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't say we've had it tough in South Australia, but uh, we have had a couple of smaller restrictions from time to time and, you know, Zwift it has really been a saviour for that, you know. Yeah. Um, and continues to be so, you know. So, and, you know, we've, as you know, built a really big community on Zwift with our CMA ladies. So, um, and, you know, just having that support from the ladies there too, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, in our personal lives or whether it be Zwift training or racing or, you know, group achievements, badge hunting and things like that with special <laughs> routes. You know, it's just, it's something I love being a part of. Yeah. So just what what's CMA? How did you get involved with CMA? Well, I started with Cycling Mums, CMA Cycling Mums Australia. I started with Cycling Mums Australia. A few years ago um, uh, and you know, obviously in real life we met up when we went to the tour down under uh, we did a oh. couple of years of that so did you uh, actually was, cycle that uh, we didn't we just supported and okay. rode along to all the stages and yeah joined in all you know the the you know, spectating events um, you know met some of the teams and some of the riders and you know that's that was all part of the experience so um and then unfortunately COVID happened and the tour down and under's been cancelled so mm. you know I've got my fingers crossed that um you know we can go back to that soon um but you know through Cycling Mums Australia you know I've made so many new friendships met so many amazing people like yourself <laughs> um and you know we've created a lot of um 
uh, friendships that are really translated into real life too. So, you know, that's that's a really great thing. Yeah, it, it's, mm. it certainly is. The, the online community, well, just generally, but through Zwift is, is so empowering, I think, and it's, it's done an enormous amount for women's uh, running and cycling, particularly yeah. cycling. Yeah, I think it's for really sure. elevated its, its stance. Yeah. You know, it's Zwift are actually supporting the first women's tour de France too, right. so they're the major sponsor. Yeah, that's fantastic, right. you yeah. know. Um, and of course, you know, they have the the Women's Cycling Road Academy, um, and they've got a Tri Academy as well. Um, I've met some of the fantastic women on that team, and then of course we had two other girls on the the run team for the academy. So you know, they're very supportive of women and women in sport and and women uh, in racing. So yeah, it's yeah. really good to see that happening. So with the um, let's go to the uh, run academy yeah so it's eight eight weeks it's eight weeks yeah the program went for eight weeks yeah. and then just yeah. takes yeah. you through various uh, like building on your skill level yeah yeah did you have when you signed up for that did you have any idea with the the running um the the marathon attached to it well, they said from the outset that, you know, if you got selected to be part of the team that you would be going to Berlin. So, okay. you know, I think I was like, oh, that sounds exciting. I'd really like to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, back of my mind type thing. Um, and, you know, I love running. I started off running as we spoke about earlier. So <clears throat> for me, it was just, um, you know, doing the program. I wanted to get some running fitness back. I've been cycling for a bit. Mm. um and you know i just i really enjoyed the program I and mean, it's really well structured um from you know the first workout to the last workout um you know it's sort of each workout builds on the next so they only go for about 45 minutes um so it's not a long time um and yeah it's all you know a lot of instructions so you don't really have to think about anything you just have to run <laughs> yeah and so um at the oh, I've lost my train of thought there. At the end of it, you've you've been told you're going to go. It's wow. I know. Tell us then about how how you started the the training program. Like what what happened once they said you're on the team? Uh, so I mean, I finished the program. Um, you know, it's sort of October last year. Uh, and I didn't really hear anything for, for quite a while, you know, and I thought, oh, well, that's, yeah, fair enough. They've obviously selected their team or done their, um, you know, assessments and things. Uh, but then sort of late January, sort of an email popped up saying they wanted some more information. And so I sent something in. And then again, they sent another email about three or four weeks later saying they wanted more information again. Thought, oh, okay. <laughs> We're obviously getting down to the nitty gritty here. Yeah. Um, and then they wanted a video, um, just a two-minute video about me, which, you know, I sent through. Uh, and then, you know, it was like, okay, you're one of the final ones. Um, and then that's when I sort of expressed to them, I said, look, I'm an Australian, like, travelling overseas, like, it's a really hard thing to do, you know. We're, we're not, it's like we're banned. Like, we're not allowed to, yeah. um, you know, have to jump through a lot of hurdles if we do go. Um, you know, I was sort of surprised they came back to me and they said, look, you know, 
we can work something out. You know, we really want you to be part of the team. So, okay, and I went, okay, well, that's, yeah, I was quite shocked. And when I spoke on a video call to the coaches and Sean, who headed up the managing of the Zwift team, um, I was pretty shocked. <laughs> I said, are you, are you joking? I, I, yeah, I still, and I still can't believe it today. That, yeah, I was part of that, that team. Yeah. So, so you, your training was for how many weeks? Uh, so we probably started about March, end of March. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and we were coached by uh, an Olympian, Jen Rines, and her partner, Terence, um, who coaches a lot of the US Olympics and athlete teams, <laughs> you know, state teams, national teams, a lot of track work, track teams. <laughs> You know, so for me, you know, yeah. working mum from country <laughs> South Australia, hitting the big time was quite a big mental yeah. adjustment. You know, I'd never really been coached before. Um, I've just always done a bit of self-coaching. I suppose I've relied on Zwift to be my coach mm -hmm. to a certain extent. Um, you know, uh, but this is just another, that was, this was another level, really. Yeah. So I've learned so much. Was there... A significant element of self-doubt or um, self-sabotage this shouldn't be me it should be someone else like what what was your process oh, for that for sure you know I said to my husband a lot of the time what 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 why do they want me like I'm not fast you know I'm not you know I'm not running two and a half hour marathons I'm not an Olympic athlete and I actually wrote out of my application, like I wrote, oh, you realise I'm not an Olympic athlete, I'm not a state athlete, like I'm not fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think the harder I tried to tell them all this, the more they wanted me on the team. So, you know, and even all through the whole training process, you know, I thought, wow, like this is, where am I? You know, what, what, what am I doing here? But, you know, I was like, I had a really supportive husband who was like, no, Naomi, they want you on the team. There's a reason they want you on the team. Don't you don't negative talk. Don't self-doubt. You know, it's it's you're there because they want you there. So don't forget that. And you just be you. Don't try to be someone different. Don't, you know, don't change yourself. So, yeah, I'm very lucky I had him in my ear a lot of the time when some of that negative talk, self-doubt came on. Yeah. Mm. And, and where are your kids what were they? Yeah, so they're, <laughs> uh, they're at home with my husband. Yeah. You know, which is hard. Like, it's been hard because um, I've never been apart from them for so long. Yeah. Or as far away for as long. So yeah. it was and tough. Like, you know, I had a lot of conversations with my husband and my family just saying, you know, what do you think? And you know, I spoke to the girls. So, like, no, mum, you go, you know, you've been training and we'll be okay and we'll help dad and... <laughs> Yeah, so I think now, obviously, being in quarantine, like I'm in Australia, but I just I can't see them, and that's yes. probably the hardest part. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah been, like mentally, it's been tough. Yeah, um, yeah. And, but, I think I, I think I cried every day I was in Germany. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I missed them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know it's hard being a mum and being so far <laughs> away from your kid. And you, yeah. when you become a mum, you don't let go of your own dreams still, do you? But it's still no, finding that balance. No, no, you don't. You know, even though I was speaking to them every day and, you know, and I was sort of half crying and, 
you know, I spoke to one of my girls and, and, you know, she just, she was just being her normal self. And then she said, I oh, don't forget to bring me home a present, mum. <laughs> you know, that's the reality of, of how they see it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> me and mum, like, oh, I miss you. <laughs> don't forget to bring me a present. <laughs> yeah, but that's kids, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, it's just a reality check and yeah. put everything back into perspective for you, so. For me, it's just a time thing now. So, yeah, I've just got to ride this out for another seven days, eight days. So, yeah, it's getting getting closer now. So, we can't yeah, wait. it's. I went to I went to London for a conference when my youngest was three at the time. Wow, he was three, mm-hmm. three or four, and it was <laughs> the most horrendous time mm-hmm. for my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, well, what are you bringing us back? It was, you know, it was a great moment, even though she said that I was feeling terrible, but I just laughed. And, yeah, you know, it just made me think, hey, everything's going to be okay. So, yeah, and it has been. Yeah, and it has been, you know. It's been school holidays, so, you know, it's been okay at the moment, so... Yeah, I'm sure they're ready to show me all their things they've been doing in the last few weeks when I get home. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, so you're in Berlin. Uh, yes. I How many days before the uh, marathon did you land? So, well, I was originally meant to be landing on the Monday, um, but it got a bit tricky at the end because I had a flight cancellation and then... I wasn't sure if I could be at home, so I had to scrap all that um, uh, just in case because I wasn't happy to leave the country unless I knew I could get home, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for me, that's part of a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, so I had a pretty stressful weekend the week before the marathon, just trying to get a flight home or speak to someone who could confirm with me. A lot of ringing around, but I found someone who could access a flight for me home, so... I ended up rebooking everything on the Tuesday and flew out later that day. So I probably, I didn't get to Berlin until Wednesday night, like oh, wow. 11 p.m. And were yeah. the rest of the team already there? Yeah, they'd already yeah. been there for a day or so. But, I mean, there's not much I could have done there. So, yeah, I was pretty tired and I think I caught five planes to get to Berlin. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. So I mean, it's a flight route. So I went from Mount Gambier to Adelaide, Adelaide to Brisbane, oh. Brisbane to Dubai, oh. <laughs> Dubai to London, London to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to Berlin. So, oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> so that's a lot of uh, a lot of fl- a lot of flying, like and a lot of flying. Coming back. Uh, not as bad. So I went from Berlin to Heathrow, Heathrow to Hong Kong, and then Hong Kong to Perth. Okay. So okay. That's better. That was yeah. better. Yeah, a lot better. Oh, yeah, was, <laughs> you know, you talk about, you know, a jet lag, and but it's just the flying too. Like it really dehydrates you. And, um, you know, I have a lot of problems. I get fluid in my legs. So, you know, that doesn't help a lot. You know, we're compression tights and things. But yeah. Yeah, just the heavy. It's just heavy. I find flying very heavy on the body, mm. um, which isn't ideal when you're supposed to be running a marathon in three days' time. But 
you know, it is what it is, as they say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. So what was, yeah. what was the vibe like? So you oh. there a few days, you managed to, to catch your breath. Yeah. It's huge, you know, it's, it's incredible. Like, you know, being, just being in Berlin, it was just like a, a really a surreal experience. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's got a great vibe. I don't know if you've ever been to Berlin, but it's absolutely buzzing. You know, yeah. Berlin's a really a bustling city, you know. Um, you know, and just being the team there and, you know, the Swift team were all there. Um, you know, it was just a, a huge buzz. It was go, go, go. We had a lot of um, press commitments and we went to the Adidas space and all we right. had a lot, lot, a lot to do leading up to the race. So we were busy, busy bees, but, yeah. um, you know, that's all, all part of it. So... Um, there was definitely a huge buzz, massive buzz. <laughs> you know, it, it almost overwhelming, really. But um, you know, that's what what it is, really being being in a different country in the current COVID circumstances, mm -hmm. and then on top of it, being on a, on a you know a Swift team with everything that goes with that too. So, you know, it was it was huge. Mm. So I watched on an app the start. I think there were staggered starts. Was that right? Yeah. About yeah. So yes, we were, there were a lot of groups from A right through to H. Um, okay. So you all got assigned a group. Obviously, the faster ones at the start, A, yeah. um, and then people like myself towards the back, and G and H. Um, yeah. So I actually started quite late. So I didn't start running until quarter past ten, which mm. you know, <laughs> that's pretty late. Yeah, it was warm <laughs> as well, wasn't it? really hot really yeah. hot so it was hot and humid about 25 degrees and about 90 percent humidity so wow yeah wow <laughs> had you done any prep for that for the no. humidity before you went no okay no no so and you know i live in country south australia so it's very dry yeah and winter you know like i just started training in march and you know, so it was, you know, and it's been a pretty wet and cold winter in the southeast in South Australia. So, unfortunately, I hadn't done a lot of hot heat running. Um, yeah, but which made it a lot harder, of course, too, on race day. But, you know, um, but, and I think initially, too, I mean, because it got hot quite early, being quarter past 10, I really got the brunt of the heat during the yes. day. So, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, and I stopped at every drink station and all the electrolytes and, you know, gels and things, but I still was well and truly hot and, yeah, probably mildly dehydrated heat stroke. <laughs> well, so, I would think it's very easy. Mm, oh, look at, the elites have it easy, really, don't they, running at 7 <laughs> o'clock on a morning yes. and they get it over with in two and a half hours. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they, they were pretty much finished before I'd even started. So, But, you know, even they suffered too. You know, I know that um, they were trying to go for, you know, well record times and things, and they were quite a long way off it. So they did suffer as well in the heat. So that was uh, reassuring that it wasn't just me. Um, but, you know, towards the end of the run, it was there was a lot of carnage out there. It was a bit of a war zone. Right. Uh, yeah. A lot of people on the side and drips and you know, it wasn't wasn't pretty at all. Uh, I think the hot conditions actually caught a lot of people offside too. Yeah. So 
yeah, hottest day in Germ in Berlin, I think, all all that month and possibly all, you know, most of the summer too. So yeah, it was pretty warm. And mm. so um what did that do for your nutrition planning? Had you got some strict kind of guidelines in place with what you wanted to do? Did did you manage to stick to that or did it really all go out the window? Uh, I think a bit of both. Like I certainly had a bit of a plan, um, you know, with electrolytes and water um, and, okay. of course, um, some other nutrition that I carried myself. Right. Um, but yep. I think as the as the race went on, I mean, it, it pretty much went out the window. I had to stop at every drink station and just grab as much fluid as I could, um, a mixture of um, mostly electrolytes and some water as well. Um, yeah, just to help with the body with processing some of the heat. I was losing more than I was able to put in. So, but you know, that's quite common with long distance running marathons anyway. So, um, and because I've done quite a few endurance type events, you know, I know all the signs. I know, um, yeah, what, what I need to do to, you know, keep continuing. I mean, in the back of the mind, I'm like, oh, you know, do I pull out or do I keep going? And you just got to focus on, you know, getting as much nutrition into your body to keep those systems going. So um, look at the end of the race. I was hot, very hot, but, you know, um, I certainly wasn't particularly unwell. So, yeah, I survived. <laughs> and a lot of people think once they start to feel fatigued that it's mm-hmm. I need more glucose, I need more energy, but actually yeah. it's more often than not just sheer dehydration. Yes, yeah, and and you're right, you know, um, and because I'm not used to racing in those conditions too, I mean, that was certainly quite a big challenge, um, you know, as an athlete, I mean, I don't tolerate gels very well, my stomach, is, they make me feel quite unwell, so I tend to get most of my um, electrolytes and, and sugar through drinks um, and chewy block type things as yeah. well, so more solid type food and liquid, um, and that that, I mean, it worked at the end of the day, so you know I can't say that you know completely failed me. Hmm. What's the? How does this compare in relation to the longest run you've done previously? Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting to say that because I mean I did the hundred kilometer Ultra Trail Australia in the Blue Mountains in Katoomba. I mean that's hundred k's and it's a lot of hills in the Blue Mountains, um, but I'd say that was easier than the Berlin Marathon. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally different conditions. You know, it was cold, it was cool. Um, uh, and even though obviously there's a lot more elevation in, in, the, in the Blue Mountains, you know, that, that heat it, at Berlin, it just zaps the body. You know, it really does. So, and it's that continual motion too. You know, obviously when you're doing a, a, an ultra trail run, I mean, you're going uphill and there's a lot of steps and stairs. So, you do get those breaks of opportunity to walk, but with a marathon, you just keep going. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> was the Blue Mountains race this year? Uh, no, so I did UTA in 2019. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that's, that was easier than the Burley Marathon. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, it sort of puts it into perspective. Mar- marathon is a really tough discipline after doing all the disciplines marathon is the hardest and I think a lot of people who have done endurance type events um you know triathletes I'll say the marathon is it's the hardest discipline probably of them all mm. oh, I haven't oh, done Ironman yet though so <laughs> <laughs> I might uh, might really the marathon plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that on your list? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. So okay. it is on my list. Um, but again, it's a totally different, you know, and I was speaking to some Ironman athletes in Berlin and they said it's just totally, it's not like running a marathon because you have to pace yourself um, and you have to get your nutrition pretty well bang on to, you know, finish that 42.2 at the end of your bike and swim. So it's, yeah. a, it's a different, a totally different approach and different approaches across all disciplines. So a triathlon and Ironman is very different to a marathon and a marathon is very different to, um, you know, an ultra um, run. So, you know, they're just very different. And I think your nutrition is very different as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, um, I saw a quote after the London Marathon this mm. weekend just passed, which was um, the person who starts the race is not the same person who ends the race. And I thought I'd throw that at you to see what your reflection on that might be. Yeah, I mean, that's a great, great quote. I mean, I think it's very true. You know, you start the race all nervous and excited and, you know, it's all the uncertainty, isn't it? And then you finish the race and, yeah, there's nothing left of you. Like, you've just completely drained. Um, and I think that that's, um, you know, what it is. And you just get flooded with emotions, you know, like it's happy, it's sad, it's the body aching, it's, you know, that that sense of accomplishment. But then, oh, wow, like I am <laughs> done, you know. It just completely takes everything out of your body a marathon. So um, you're definitely a totally different person from start, even right through, like you, you're continually adjusting all the way through the race so usually the first half is is pretty easy but that second half of the marathon that final half is yeah that's the tough bit that's when it really starts getting quite challenging so it's a lot of you know self-talk in those last few kilometers um you know a lot of it is obviously nutrition and drinking and keeping up with that as well but a lot of it is mental too you know being able to keep going and you know, the body sort of starts saying, oh, hurting, stop. You need to sort of be able to overcome those challenges yeah. and, and those signs and say, oh, no, come on, keep going one kilometre at a time. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's how I look at it too. So, but, yeah, there, there definitely is that, that change. Yeah. I don't know how true this is. I read it in, there's a, a great book written by Ross Edgley called The Art of Resilience. And um, I don't know if you know his story, but he swam the entire distance around Great Britain. Wow. And wow. Uh, so he, he writes this book as he's going, but um, he talks in the book about a concept that the SAS actually use, and that's the 40% rule. And mm. they say basically that when you're saying, I'm absolutely done, the SAS say you're only... 40% done and that it's it's all about the mind yeah. after that that your body has the capacity to keep going but your mind is mm. protective and it's saying you need to stop now yeah but that when you get to that place actually your body's still got like maybe 50 60 percent left that it can give but the rest of it's just absolute self-talk as you've said mm. yeah yeah and that's a and look I would agree with that you know there is that 
um, self-talk, like negative thoughts and things. But, you know, and it's surprising sometimes just how early they come on, like, you know, whether it be 40% into a, to a marathon or 50%, it's probably about right. You know, your body's like, oh, that's we've had enough. You need to stop. <laughs> yeah. But then you sort of tick over here, like, come on, like, you've done three-hour training runs and f- quite a few times. Like, you can do further than this. Like, and you made that. So let's keep pushing into that three hour mark and you know see where we go after that so um yeah it it, there's definitely a huge mental capacity to um you know these endurance events or you know a lot of things in life too so um yeah it's certainly a a big big task for the body but also the mind as well Mm. yeah Mm. so home hopefully next week yeah so i've got another what will be day six today so yeah another eight days um yeah so so far like you um i've had two covid tests which have been negative which is fantastic i've only got one more to go now on day 13 so and if that's all clear which i think it should be then i'll be released to go home on day 14 and so have you got time off when you get home for just some family time Yeah. yeah so i should get home Friday afternoon. So I'll have uh, the weekend and the Monday just to sort of settle in um, and catch up with my family and the girls. Um, I haven't actually made any plans for work yet. So we'll just see how it goes. Um, But yeah, I mean, being towards the end of the year, things are going to start getting quite busy at work. So yeah, I'll just relish these couple of days while I can. (laughs) And then straight into the Christmas period. Oh, yes. Oh, well, look, it's been so lovely to chat, Naomi. Is there anything you want to add? I, I don't know. I didn't actually um, uh, tell you about this, so it's all right if you say pass, but the podcast is called Health Bricks and so um, like building foundational tools of wellness and I just, if you've got any parting thoughts around that or something else you'd like to share. I suppose I just... Um wanted to share um you know my journey where I've come from and just how possible it can be for for you know for anyone who's thinking about doing a marathon or thinking about taking the next leap maybe doing a half marathon maybe in jumping up to 10ks 5ks you know you can do it I mean it's you know if I can do it you can do it (laughs) Um, and I think you know if if you look at you know where you've come from and where you are now I mean we're all progressing and and you know it does take time you know you can't rush into these things I mean the marathons are a discipline that takes a lot of months to train for but it's all these stepping stones it's more the smaller building blocks as you might say so you start small uh, and then you know you, you build up over time so um you know it's it's a big ask especially if you are you know you've got lots of other commitments whether you know you're a mum or you've got um, your work commitments or maybe you've got you know a, a, probably big, a lot of animals at home that need a lot of commitment with looking after you know it's it's something that you know personally I think uh, as individuals you know it's it really enriches my life and I feel it has a lot to offer for everybody so you know running cycling walking even you know just exercising it's just really great for your health and and well-being so um, you know I just really can't you know support that enough for everybody so yeah so you go for it is the is yeah the just go for it nice 
look, uh, you know, and it's a bit of a cliche, the whole go for it. Um, but it's true because you never know your ability uh, and what you're, you know, you're capable of until you have a go. Um, you know, 10 years ago, if you said, oh, you know, by the time you're nearly 40, you would have run two marathons, done a half Ironman, I would have said, oh, don't be ridiculous. Oh, I'll never do that. <laughs> and, you know, look now, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a personal thing, of course, so not everybody's into it and I appreciate that. But, you know, you never really know your full capabilities until you really dip your toes in and, and, and have a really good go at it. Yeah, and I think that's the amazing thing about just sport but endurance is is just the way yeah. it, it does teach you so much about yourself um mm. what your your body's capacity is and what your your mind's capacity is as well absolutely you know and it's not all about um you know how fast you go or how long you go um it's about you know achieving those those milestones and those goals that you set for yourself so you know, goal setting is a big thing, um, you know, and just setting small goals and achieving those um, is certainly a big step forward. So, yeah. Naomi, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Carice. And I really appreciated talking to you. And it's great to, yeah, have a chat finally. And, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. No worries. Thanks for joining me today on this podcast, Health Bricks. Stay tuned for more interviews. Please like and share with friends who can be encouraged from hearing this information. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Karis Natural Nutrition. That's Karis, C-H-A-R-I-S, Natural Nutrition. See you soon.